I'm Donna Peters, and this is season three of the award-winning Me Sweet podcast. The Me Suite is a community of career-driven, life-minded professionals sharing our stories, sharing what it means to lead our lives with purpose, planning, and power. What I call leading with a Me Suite mindset. Let's get in there. If the interesting scale goes from 1 to 10, today's guest is like Spinal Tap and he goes to 11. His story is one of excellence in both music and management. He started in elementary school playing just about every instrument that I know the name of. He released his first hit at the age of 16, produced a rock and roll Hall of Fame hip-hop record, deep in recording and mixing engineering, DJing, all the while while being a management consulting partner at the most senior levels in that business. He carries both an MBA and a master's in information systems. He achieved both of those in only 18 months, which was the first student to have ever done that. It would have been easier if I started with what Mike hasn't achieved because whatever he puts his mind to, he excels in. And I am thrilled to talk about this story at the intersection of music and management. Welcome, Mike Chapman, to the Me Suite. Thank you, Donna. Really glad to be here and really excited to talk to you. So, Mike, you really are an extremely interesting person. And I remember the first time I met you thinking, I want this guy in my universe. And then I never saw you again for like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, so we, we, we had more of an email relationship for a very long time because our work didn't really bring us together enough. But I really enjoy you bringing your energy here with us today. And I have an awful lot that I want to learn about your history and how you've made the decisions that you've made. So let's start with core values because they've been driving your decisions. Yeah, a great question, Donna. You know, and, you know, I'll tell you for me, when I look back across everything I've done, whether it's been in the creative world of the music business, whether it's been in school, whether it's been as a management consultant, my my core values have not shifted mm. that much. They've really been, you know, pretty much the same. And and really there's 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 three things that I've always kind of looked to as core values that drive everything that I've done in my life. First is to maintain your integrity. The second one is to really stretch beyond what you see in front of you. Ooh. And third is to be your authentic self. Okay. And so let me click into those just a little bit. Yeah. You know, maintaining your integrity. And you know, I, I've always thought that integrity is something that defines you. It carries beyond anything you might do in your life, whether it's uh, your job, your passion, your hobby, uh, how you just interact with individuals in this world. And so I've always tried to do that. And, you know, even when I was in the music industry, which, you know, the music industry, if you, if you know a lot about it, there's a lot of different things that happen to people in that business. Mm. You know, I always try to operate uh, above board. I always tried to make sure that anybody I interacted with uh, was treated fairly as part of that. And I, I've continued to maintain that in my consulting profession. Right. You know, I always operate with my clients with the strictest of integrity, uh, I, I make sure that I don't put myself in situations where I would have to compromise that integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's just uh, it's just a non-negotiable value that I've always uh, you know put front and center in everything I do. Yeah. 
the second one, stretching beyond what you see in front of you, is something that really has defined me from, you know, grade school. Mm. You know, starting with learning one instrument and, and, and then basically desiring to play multiple instruments. Yeah. You know, going into the music business when I had many people that told me I could never be successful, uh, I could never make any money, uh, I could never, you know, uh, get discovered by a major label, I could never, uh, you know, uh, have a billboard charting hit. And yeah. yes, the odds for success are low, but, you know, I, I, I did all of those things and uh, then some, and then basically, uh, continue to uh, progress from there. And even in my consulting career, I mean, there's some that would say, hey, I shouldn't be a management consultant at the level I am at because I didn't go to a certain school or uh, I don't look like, you know, certain types of management consultants. Yeah. And, you know, I've defied all those odds and been very successful in that career as well. And then the last point around being my authentic self. I'm an individual that, you know, has a lot of size to me. Uh-huh. I can be in the boardroom uh, talking to very senior clients one day. I can be in my vehicle listening to, uh, you know, hip hop or EDM or any type of music, uh, you know, you know, right after that. And then uh, I could uh, flip to, you know, being at home and, and uh, being in my home theater and watching, you know, great movies or being out in the water, scuba diving or snorkeling. Fun. So I always like to do what makes me happy at the end of the day Mm -hmm. while operating in the environment I need to, to basically uh, meet the moment, to, to, to be uh, proper in the moment. So uh, you don't want to lose your authentic self. You don't want to change no matter where you go in life, no matter what career you take. Well, you are senior enough that I believe you can bring hip hop and EDM into the boardroom also. I don't think they need to be separate. Well, funny you say that. I literally (laughs) just a week ago had a DJ contest with a a manager of my firm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, And and yeah, we had over 150 people on that. And and we ended up they ended up voting for the DJs after each song. So it was, you know, so I still do that stuff. So, That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, and, you know, and, and the show was more R&B, hip-hop, and EDM. That so. is very fun. <laughs> so you got to have fun with it. So I want to ask you a question about stretch beyond what's in front of you. I find that really interesting. When, when you were going up against things that were odd and not expected, like playing the instruments or going into music, were you the kind of young person that said, I'm going to do it because you told me I can't? Or were you the type of young person that had someone whispering in your ear, someone like you really meaningful in your life who was saying, Mike, go for it? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I, I think there was this side of me that wanted to prove out that anything is possible. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, look, I was a kid from Shaker Heights, Ohio, that made it into Hollywood. <laughs> so like, how, how often does that happen? So, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, for me, you know, I, I always had this dream of, of, of being in the music business mm. in a major way and going from playing records as a disc jockey, which was one of the things that I started doing to making records. And mm. so I did a lot of that, honestly, because, uh, you know, there was this desire to, 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 to prove some wrong. But at the same time, there's a drive inside of me that has always kept me hungering for more, always 
kept me thinking about, okay, I, I, I got this type of achievement. Well, what's next? What else can I do? And that wasn't necessarily to prove others wrong, but mm. it was really to just better myself. So uh, that was the other side of it. Uh, I have had those uh, people that have whispered in my ear, though, mm -hmm. uh, Donna, that have you know encouraged me on the way. And mm -hmm. then I've had some that have whispered in the other ear saying, why are you wasting your time? And so you, you learn to filter out those that, you know, are, are negative and, 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 and listen to those that are more positive. But at the same time, you have to have a, a bit of a reality about what you want to do and where mm. you want to go and make sure you're doing the things for yourself to enable you to get there. And that's the key learning for, point for me and, you know, for, for others that I would suggest. So I'm sure that there are listeners wondering right now how you made that important decision to move away from music as a profession and go into more classic business as a profession. Now, clearly, whatever you touch molds into excellence, but how did you make that decision to leave music and go into more of a corporate business traditional career path? Yeah, it, it was one of the toughest decisions in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to remember, I came from, you know, again, a suburb of Cleveland to a Hollywood lifestyle, you know, going to parties in LA and touring and in the studio and award shows, all the things that you, you see and dream about doing if you ever want to get into this uh, uh, business. Of, yeah, but of Mike, this is, a, this is a PG rated show. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a PG guy. Okay. <laughs> I was certainly a PG guy, okay. actually. You know, I, was I was never <laughs> one of those uh, uh, those guys in the business that you, you see in the movie. I was always the guy that uh, behind the scenes, you know, walked out of the room at the right time. Oh, you know, very good. <laughs> so, so all that said, though, I, it, it was it was a tough decision because, you know, for me, it was not only changing careers, but literally changing lifestyles. Because oh. think about it, you're going from, you know, an environment where, you, you know, I'd start work at 1 p.m., <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, between being in the studio or going to a club or a concert or whatever, you know, you're, you're getting in at 3, 4 in the morning, uh, to now I have to be up at a certain time, be at a certain place at a certain time, go where people tell me to go versus just going where I felt I needed to be. So mm -hmm. it was, there were a lot of dimensions of that change that had to be considered. So for me, it was really the question of how do I balance my passions mm. uh, with being able to continue to, uh, to make a living and improve myself. And so it's kind of interesting how I fell from music into business school and then ultimately into consulting. Yeah. And while, while I would have never seen that path when I started, when I look back today, it's very interesting and natural how my music career and experiences are so relevant to what I do in consulting. And you would never see that if you were standing as a, as a musician uh, or creative saying, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I want to be a partner in a consulting firm <laughs> You know, <laughs> after I get done with this track. <laughs> you would never say that. But when you look back, you're like, wow, I did those things back when I was in the music business, I pitched people. I, you know, I had to uh, have strong relationships and network. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. I had to think creatively. Yeah. When someone comes to you and says, Mike, we need a song for this movie. You know, it's not, there's no script. There's no, you know, uh, a roadmap on how to do it. You got to step back, think about it, yeah. look at the factors and come up with something, which is no different than what you do in consulting. I love you connecting these dots. 
I have often thought of music very relevant to the business world for two reasons. One of them is that music is math, right? So I usually find people that are really good at music are really good with math and analytical problem solving. And the other one is we are in such an era of the power of storytelling in business and music is storytelling. I, I, I can connect these dots so easily in how you have taken the excellence you had in music and made it uh, a differentiator for you in business. I love this story. Thank you. Yeah. So what do you love about the business and management consulting work that you do that is on the level of your love for music? Well, you know, for me, you know, just like you imagine yourself writing a song and potentially performing it or having an artist perform your song mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in a public place and, you know, getting notoriety for it. For me, for management consulting, it's very similar. I always, you know, imagine myself going into that client building for mm-hmm. the first time, every time. Like, mm-hmm. if there's some client, you know, I've never been there. I always imagine myself walking through that front door with my to me bag and meeting <laughs> someone and eventually maybe the first meeting is with someone uh, at, at a lower level in the organization. But knowing that one day I'm going to be on that center stage, either with the C-suite or with the boardroom. Wow. And so I always visualize that. Okay. And, and then when, when I do that, it really allows me to think about what, what is the path to get there? What do I actually need to do to achieve that? I've been, you know, the one that's actually, you know, went and, and, and worked in various domains, uh, various sectors, on um, various problems. And I actually find that more exciting uh, than just, in some cases, being in one place, you know, day after day. So, um, and I think there's a lot of benefits to that career-wise, because yeah. one of the things that when I look back on and I look back at my capabilities and my experiences, I've had such a breadth of things that I've had a chance to do you know, mergers and acquisitions, new product launches, new business launches, organizational restructuring. Um, just you, you think about the gamut of experiences you can have as a consultant. I probably had most of them yeah. in my career. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's what I think just makes me overall uh, a more valuable executive. Um, and again, it's no different than music where I, I worked on a variety of genres and a variety of, of different, uh, labels I worked with. And, um, and, and, you know, again, each genre, each project makes me better and helps me do the next one better. Well, it's, it's such a nice connection to the core value that you mentioned of stretching beyond what's in front of you. I love that story. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, uh, and, and, and this is something I've really pressed on, even more so in more recent times. So, I, you know, first I was just happy to be a strategy consultant. I was just glad that a firm, <laughs> you know, took a guy like with my background in. You know, I, right. I mean, really, that's where right. I started. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. But as I moved up, you know, I really kind of changed my perspective. And it's not that I'm glad that I'm here. I deserve to be here. And nice. more importantly, um, not only do I deserve to be here, but I deserve to be doing more than I'm doing now. And I've always tried to figure out what that more is. And in a lot of cases, I've asked for it. I've created a lot of the roles in firms that I've worked at. You know, they, there, there was not this role there. And I said, well, hey, you know what? There's an opportunity here to do X, Y, Z. You don't have anybody focused on it. Let me do it. Nice. And, you know, and basically that's what I did. They said, okay, 
you're the global lead of X. And, you know, and so that's how it happens. I mean, even in my current firm, you know, they didn't have this role. And, you know, basically I started talking at, and as, as becoming a senior partner and I was like, well, hey, I don't want to just be any partner. Uh, I want to be this partner of this. And yeah. I want to be able to do these things. And I had to go up to the board of the firm. Um, and they came back and said, sure. Nice. So you have to always kind of think about what you could be, even if, if, if you're not there today and it's not really in front of you today. But also think about asking for it if it's not presented to you mm. because you just never know. So you always got to push the boundaries on what you can be as well as push the boundaries of what people believe that they can offer you in life. Oh, I think you have given me my new favorite notable quotable, which is, I'm glad to be here and I deserve to be here. Yeah, exactly. This is very powerful. I do want to go a little more deeply into something that you said. You mentioned a moment ago that you visualize when you're about to go into a client building and you visualize you yourself meeting these people. Do you mean that literally? Do you do visualization exercises? I wouldn't say I do a visualization exercise mm-hmm. in the sense of documenting it per se. There may be aspects of planning that I do document, uh-huh. but I, I, I almost imagine yeah. what that first meeting is going to look like. In my head, I almost imagine what that first readout is going to look like. Okay. And I think when you do that, it really allows you to kind of take a perspective around everything that you do to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And what's even funnier, Donna, Mm -hmm. I've been in meetings, like actual meetings where I'm like thinking in my head, this is what I said I was going to be doing like (laughs) six months ago in my head. Wow. And we're doing this. I mean, it's pretty crazy, but, you know, <laughs> that's what I do at times. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I've always just found that technique to, to be pretty powerful for me. So, Mike, you shared with us your thought process of how you decided to get out of music and then go into business. You hit a reset button by going and getting your two masters. From my own experience of shifting gears from acting to business school to consulting, I suspect that path wasn't completely paved for you. What was that like when you set the intention to finish that business, those two business degrees, and start into strategy consulting? No, it's a a great question. I think that's the story of my life, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and, and you're exactly right. It's, It's it's not much different from your story in, in going from acting into business. So you, you have to understand where I was coming from at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was a creative, mm. a guy who worked in the music business, who some would not even call the music business a real business, to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> even though I disagree with that statement. Uh, but I think the, you know, the perceptions are there. Now trying to change into a corporate lifestyle, effectively. Mm-hmm. And even when going into business school, I had to to make the case as to why, you know, I was uh, the right, you know, candidate to be considered for the business school and for the program that I was applying for. Uh, When I got there and I was applying for jobs, my resume didn't necessarily look like a lot of the typical MBA uh, students who had, oh, I did three to five years at this blue chip company. What did you do, Mike? Well, I was in the studio working with, you know, XYZ. Right. And, you know, I was on tour with this artist. And so what I quickly had to do was learn how to actually take my strengths from what I did in the music business 
and apply them to corporate, mm. corporate roles. And so I was able to kind of construct my own uh, pitch that really focused on those strengths, yeah. regardless of what industry I was uh, in, and really communicate to the, the, you know, the interviewer that, look, I've done a lot of relevant things here that would be beneficial to your company. And even and even after that, though, Donna, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I still hit some barriers mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, if you think about strategy consulting at that time, it was a very insular and pedigree profession. Uh-huh. And you had to go to certain schools to even be considered. And I didn't go to one of those schools. Okay. And so I had to fight even harder to get considered. Mm-hmm. And I remember even after I got considered and went through the interview process, the first interview process, I remember one of the managing partners at the time coming back to me and saying, hey, Mike, you did wonderful in your interview. We all like you. That said, we reserve these jobs for people at our target schools. And so we don't quite know what to do with you. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was literally what <laughs> I was told to me. But I, I have to give this partner credit. He fought whatever battles he needed to do internally to keep me in the consideration set. And they folded me in to the final round interviews at one of those target business schools. I'm not going to name it, but Mm -hmm. it's a very prestigious school. And I'm sitting there with people uh, that, you know, had done quite a few things in their lives. And I'm the only person that's not in their class being interviewed for final rounds. Uh, And I came out of it successfully. And, you know, and I, I will say this, Donna, I trained for that like Rocky. If you okay. the movie, Rocky, I mean, I literally, I must have did a hundred case interviews. I had the whole school rooting for me. I mean, literally, I was that underdog, you know, fighter going into that. And, you know, I, I, I came in so confident that, you know, I did the first two interviews, the first two cases, I, I slammed them. And by the third interview, uh, the, the the partner interviewed me said, Mike, look, I'm not going to give you a case uh, because mm-hmm. I know, already know you're a smart guy. I just want to know what it's going to take to get you to consider us. Dang. So it was like, you know, that was the positioning that I had hoped for. I didn't expect it on interview three or four uh-huh. that day. But um, Lily, the last two interviews weren't even cases. It was more them selling uh, me on WIDA to join that company. and uh, basically. Um, the benefits of moving into consulting as a career. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I say all that to say that if, you know, in making that switch, I spent a lot of time, you know, understanding what those requirements are for that role and looking at my strengths and experiences and really tailoring them to that role in a way that it was going to be difficult to, to kind of say that, look, you can't do it. So the only thing they could disqualify me on was, either, you know, pedigree in terms uh, of school or something else, because I was going in there showing them I was just as talented, just as analytical, had the experience. And that's where I wanted to be coming out of that interview. There are so many lessons in the story. You're telling one of them around the, the fact that you had an intention and a vision for what you wanted. The other one that you were extremely prepared which gave you the confidence to know that you deserve to be there. I think there's a lot of powerful lessons in there for the listeners right now who might be making a career switch or in the job market, et cetera. I I just love this story, and it makes me want to add something. Am I allowed to add something to someone's core values list? I don't think so. 
but but it makes me it makes me even, yeah I guess so it makes me think that there's really a fourth theme in every story that we've told about you and your experiences today which is pursue excellence I would agree yeah pursue excellence of all you do yeah so for you as a leader of direct reports, is there something in your leadership style that you do that is giving people permission to keep passions alive outside or bringing them into work? Well, I, you know, I, I am a big supporter of allowing people to stretch. Okay. And what I mean by that is I deliberately take people of all levels into meetings where possible mm. uh, bec- and, and, and give them speaking roles. So mm. I've, I've taken many junior resources into C-suite meetings and given that analyst or that consultant mm-hmm. even one slide. Like, you're yeah. going to present this one slide. And, you, you know, I, I just want you to spend your time prepping to present this one slide the best you could ever be. Yeah. The best you could ever do. Yeah. And we're going to be there to reinforce you. So, you know, I, I believe in, in doing that um, because I think it pays dividends back in terms of people growth and development. At the same time, you know, I'm, I've always been supportive of people's desires to do other things outside of work and try to manage their work time to allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I knew someone who, decided, who, who was doing poetry, you know, spoken mm. word. And so I was always supportive of that person's efforts to to leave work early on a certain day of the week to go do that. And so uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, you got to go where your passions are and, and mm-hmm. don't lose sight of them no matter what you may be doing day to day. Yeah. So let me ask you a few fun questions. I sure. introduced you as playing multiple instruments. The, the list of instruments you play is a little too long to recite. What is your favorite instrument to play? Oh, my favorite inter- instrument is uh, piano, keyboards. Uh, you know, that's the, the, the instrument I became uh, very predominant on in my music career. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you can play, you know, a keyboard or piano, you can play almost anything. Uh, I like to end every episode with some inspirational but practical advice. Things that you would advise listeners to do starting as early as Monday. What do you have for us? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I would tell your listeners to strive for what you want to be in life. Don't let where you are today influence this. Oh. And that's the mantra I kind of live by, even where I'm at today. And some would say, hey, you're, you're, you're nearly at the top of, of your game, your career, mm-hmm. as, you know, senior partner. But even with that, I still have bigger ambitions, Donna. Oh. You know, I, I'm very pleased with what I'm doing now career-wise. I love my firm. But at the same time, I want to be something bigger and better than what I am today. Wow. That is a beautiful statement and an enormous challenge. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for having <laughs> me. This has been a great, great conversation with you. So this is Mike. I'm not finished yet. Chapman, everybody. Never finished. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. For executive and career coaching services, contact me, Donna Peters, at themesuite.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. The website is the dash 
me-sweet.com. Sweet is spelled like executive sweet. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us continue to shine a mic on more amazing people.